listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys. And let me tell you, it's so good to see everybody here. It's been like four months since we did our our last podcast, and prior to that, it was like a year and a half. So you know, of being in person, of <laughs> seeing each other, exactly. In yeah. I mean, we we did a gazillion through COVID, but yeah. um, I think that's why we we took a little break. Anyhow. Joining me over on my right, we've got the one and only Mr. Nick Peck. Hello, Mike. Hello, gentlemen. God, Scott, I cannot believe I haven't seen you in two years. It's it just is gobsmacking. <laughs> I used to, to be blonde. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the last time I saw you was in that fetching bikini. It was I, just one of those things. Feather bow thing. Yeah, I'll just never forget. <laughs> it was uh, it was our special night. <laughs> and across the table, as you just heard, is Mr. Scott Gershon. Scott. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I figured, you know, since I've always been a little, you know, volume, I kind of keep it on the down low, you know? Well, that was good. And finally, over here on my left, the one and only Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast, Mr. Rob Arbiter. Hello, Mike. Hello, everyone. It's good well, for everybody to be back together. It's so good to see you, brother. Good to be seen. And you know what? My son, Andrew, is joining us on this podcast. Say hi, Andrew. Hi, everybody. What's <laughs> up, Andrew? Hello, hey, hey. Andrew. Good to see you, y'all. <laughs> it's uh, good to be seen, uh, man. Uh, oh, thank you. Obviously, Andrew's shy. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, right? You like to play with all dad's gear, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So <laughs> I just like the fact that you always... Always, always have a smile on your face. And when I can't see you and I'm talking to you, I can tell that you still have a smile on your face. Oh, yeah. because just the way you're Thank talking. Thank you. Well, Nick, he, you're one of the people that he was looking forward to seeing because we talk over the pandemic, but obviously, you know, it was in the car and stuff. So he goes, is Nick going to be there? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But um, anyway, this is show 226. Wow. And wow. Rob has not missed one of those shows. That's pretty crazy. 20, over 15 years. That's pretty amazing. And you know what? We're, we're sneaking up. We're closer to our 16th year now than we were to our 15th year. It's crazy. This whole time thing is just is going bananas. Well, it feels like, I swear to God, it, it feels like a year of our lives just got like excised, uh, you know? It's like yeah. it got cut on the cutting room floor or something. It, mm-hmm. 100%. And, and I found, especially if you were... The lost year. Yeah. yeah. And if you were working by yourself or having to scramble and get gigs and stuff like that, it just made the, that just time fly by even more. It, it flew by. So anyway. But it's good to see Scott. And, uh, and I got to tell you, Scott... <laughs> Hello, uh, you. Uh, that's that's more the Scott that I know. That's. <laughs> I was working with a friend of mine, and so I'm mixing, and I forgot what plugin it was. But I'm in Pro Tools, and I go over to plugins, I go to the presets, and I see Scott Gershon there, and I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> and, and then he goes, not very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like. I know that guy. And same with Andrew Sheps. Every time I see something like, Andrew, it's, it's so cool. When your friends start showing up in your presets, I just think that's just a whole nother. It's a little weird when it comes in your dreams, though. You know? <laughs> so, Scott, it's good to see you. Well, Love hey, we up. have a lot to talk about. And I'm going to start off with uh, kind of some consumer stuff. As you know, Apple just released their their new, uh, yesterday, the news of their, uh, their new laptops, the M1 x and the pro and and it's just have they increased the ram on it 
Well, yeah, you can get like for thirty five hundred bucks, you can get uh, thirty two gigabytes mm. um, of RAM, and it, it's thirty two core graphic GPU, the ten core um, CPU, and, and you can go up to sixty four, right? Can you sixty four now for four hundred dollars more? Which that's great. Sixty four. Which for Apple in the old days, remember, if you went up to sixty four, would it cost you four thousand dollars? Oh yeah. But, yeah. but isn't that what you need need now for music? Is sixty four gigs? Nah. It depends on what you're doing. If you're doing stuff in like Cubase, a lot of virtual synths. Oh yeah. And, virtual yeah. synths and sample libraries. My Cubase machine's got sixty four gigs for sure. Yes, yeah. but I will tell you this. Under the MX architecture, the M1 architecture, you actually need less because of the way the CPU process. It's not like the Intel's. The Intel's, it's a whole different thing. So you're actually getting, you're gaining more, like substantially more power on these wow. new versions. Like the the M1, I have an M1 Airbook, right? It's fast. It can run Resolve, Final Cut. I was impressed. The new versions, the second generation seven times faster than the first generation, so, which is ridiculous. So when do you think they're going to come up with the Mac Mini 128 gigs of memory? I don't know. I don't know. Because the think, Mac Mini would be great to have as a synth, see, but I like think, a music tool. Absolutely. I think the way the architecture is now, I think I think you're going to... I think the offload to RAM is going. It's going to be tied in with the CPU. I, I just think it's going to be way more efficient and faster. That doesn't mean I would want to stick with, with you know, four gigabytes. But I know my sixteen gigabytes doesn't choke once on stuff that my Intel version, um, in my regular my regular laptop would choke on all the time. And that has thirty two. So there's something that that happens in the new architecture. Have you found out software is not compatible yet? Or yes, it- tons of software is not compatible. Okay. That's why my last work computer that I needed to do, everybody was saying, well, why don't you wait? Why don't you wait? Why don't you wait? And I said, I can't wait because I need to get it right now. And it was the last version of the Intel. And I'm going to keep that for as long as I need to keep it because not everything is going to be compatible with the M1. Right. Now, I the thing is, is I, I turned in my old one that I replaced. I turned that in to Apple. I'm really big into swapping gear okay i don't nothing's precious to me i bring you gear back to apple i yes because i got credit for it i got enough credit to basically i just had to pay all sales tax for my macbook air yeah. and it has the it's the one with one terabyte um hard drive and it has 16 gigabytes of ram and it literally cost me like whatever the tax was like 200 dollars because i turned in my other beefy laptop and it does as much so i've got I've got a really good MacBook Pro, and then I've got the M1 Air. And I got that specifically to test all the software that I needed to test to make sure, okay, now's the time to go completely M1. And there's a lot of plugins that don't work. And they they point blank just will not work. And then on the video side, since I do a lot of video stuff... um, they, it'll, it'll, every program like Final Cut will say, this is incompatible, this is incompatible, it's incompatible. So... We still got a little bit of ways to go, but man, when they are compatible and you're running native, poof, blazing. Hey, top. so I heard that the uh, software updates are on one of the cargo ships in Long Beach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Mike. You know, certainly my whole team, um, certainly because of the pandemic and because of the fact that things, you know, have have really slowed down, chip shortages and all of that. Uh, my guys are all operating, and I'm operating on like six year old MacBook Pros and the and the trash can Max. I have been waiting and waiting for the moment that we're going to get rid of all of that stuff, and I'm going to give everybody yep. or want to give everybody a 16 inch 
uh, MacBook Pro M1X, and like we're done. Okay, and come talk to me again in five and years. We're close. We're, all finished. we're close. You know what I will say though is um, during COVID, I upgraded my room to Atmos since we're just talking about it. Mm. So my whole room, I got trusses and ceiling speakers and the whole bit, but we put in one of the super duper 120 gigs of RAM, 24 cores, one of the new the cheese Mac graters, cheese the new Mac cheese Pro graters. cheese graters. Yeah, and it's it it fast i mean render is like psst, and you're done and I, you're like holy it's kind of like and and that's and that's based on the intel chip yeah can you imagine when the m1 chip gets in that i, gu I guarantee you, you're just gonna be like blown away i'm blown away because i can edit stuff that used to take me on my macbook pro to render you know for video files would take like you know, let's just say it was fast, so it's not like I'm waiting an hour, but like let's say four minutes, I can render it on my MacBook Air in like sixty seconds. Yeah. It's 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 so because it's just set up to do that kind of stuff. And the bigger thing for me is there's no fan noise, which oh, is yeah. amazing. Right. The lack of that of, of the air blower going up. I mean, Rob, you know, you work with a gazillion laptops, right? Mm -hmm. How many laptops do you fly with? Like four or? I feel like right now it's three. Three, <laughs> right? When they're all humming, it's you might as well be oh, in a car crazy. wash, right? It's like the and the fans. If you get seven, you can do Atmos. You just have <laughs> ceiling above you. Sorry. The so, other the other thing that I'm really excited about is Apple finally got their heads out of their you know wheres. And the new ones have yes. USB A yeah. and Ethernet yeah. and MagSafe yeah. power SD card and SD. Reader. Again, it's yeah. like yeah. why did you ever take all of that stuff away? Well, because they wanted to have you buy accessories. You yes, know what they finally have a whole pile of dongles and you and can cables never... that basically disintegrate over about a year. You know, as a big sir, they finally have the startup sound again. Oh, <laughs> you really? Know, which. A lot of people may think, well, I didn't miss the startup sound, but try being a blind user yeah, yeah. and not having startup sound. You can't That's tell true. if your computer's on or not. Yeah. Although I will say, try turning off the startup sound. I still have to figure that one out. And I've done all the PRAM and I've done all the terminal and, and everything. Yeah, I do that like, like three in the morning. I'll go so. down to my office and everybody's above me and I start my iMac and it's as loud as it can be. <laughs> and I'm just like, and just hear, hear the whole house like a. Russell, you know, yeah. like was, it was just turning over in their beds, like, what the hell is that? You know, the thing that I don't like, about, uh, to, if we're going to go annoyances, the fact that you can, t you can look cross-eyed at your Mac and it'll turn on. It's like, it turns on in a heartbeat. You touch a key, boom, it turns on. Like, as soon as it senses your presence, it turns or on. Or network activity. <laughs> it's so crazy. But anyway, yeah, so there's a lot of really great things that are coming down, the new M1s and the, the pros and all that, and it's exciting. I, I'm excited. It's, it's technology. And you're bang for your buck. Are, are they still expensive? Yes. They're, you know, $3,500 is going to buy the workable one with a good GPU. I mean, they're all workable, but the one that I think you get your most bang for your buck. Um, the good thing is, is if I trade in my laptop, it's only going to cost me seventeen hundred bucks because I already I already figured that out, and it's so easy. Um, but when are we going to be able to actually get them? But that's well, they, they don't but, ship until November, and mm -hmm. then um, and then any time November to December was the window when I was you know, just I, I doing a pre-order. I think I read that Mac because they create their own chips isn't part of the ship shortage. Is that true? Oh yeah, they're not. They're they're going to they're shipping. They they haven't been pushed back, and and I think I, if. 
memory serves me correct, don't I think Dallas they do a lot of this assembly out in Texas somewhere. Austin, I think. Yeah. So well, Austin's where they have their new offices. Yeah. I don't know where they actually assemble. And I things. don't think they would release them unless they had plenty. And you know, look at the iPhone 13 that came but out. But they're not without dependent it. on the, the chips that well, everybody else's. But often, you know, there are third-party suppliers. I mean, certainly Apple's creating their own CPUs and yeah. you know their own primary chips. But there are lots. I mean, Rob's really the expert on this. There's lots of third-party technology that you know these companies are licensing. And, and my getting. guess is, I mean, every MacBook custom I've ever had built, it was always shipped to me from China. Somehow yeah. they like overnight stuff from China and they don't charge a million bucks for it. But my guess is the same is happening with these. But yeah, Apple does have their own uh, chip facilities. Yep. And the thing is, is you got to remember too, that the shortage is basically caused by people that ship things on ships, right? There are plenty of manufacturers that are flying stuff in and they're not having a problem at all. But you the know, car I issue though, isn't that just because they can't make yeah. enough chips? Yeah. But yeah. but you know but they can't make enough old chips. See that's the thing with the cars. The cars issue is really because they want some of these chip manufacturers to to make chips that are 10 years old. Your car does not have the latest greatest chips on them. A lot of them are based on old technology and the reason why they do that yeah but here's the thing the reason why they do that and i read a great article i think it was in forbes was because cars can't afford to crash because of their electronics like that's just they have to be rock solid because people's lives depends on them you don't want to be driving 70 miles an hour and then something happens and it crashes and it just jacks you up and causes a wreck so they go with the fully tested version which is off obviously you know generations back and and that's why you don't you don't hear too much about that same thing is true of like nasa and the space program they're never going to put the latest chips i I will say on the show of jaguar i had my old jaguar which i don't have anymore i was driving down the freeway and everything in it shut off oh my gosh as i'm driving i was like because you got to remember i no longer have power steering yeah all my every bit of it i mean the center monitor Everything shuts off, and I'm like, I had some other, I had some colorful words. I'm, I'm manhandling the. But steering you said them wheel. quietly, right, Scott? Yeah, right. The new quiet. Right. Right. Use quiet, Scott. I was doing my George Carlin. <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, no, I mean, and and I finally put it off to the side. Shut the car off, turned it on, and rebooted. Well, to reboot your car. And then See, I called them. And I said, what... No, no, it doesn't happen. And they called me a month later, and they said. Bring the car in right away. <laughs> so now when it, it and then when it reboots, it doesn't shut the engine off. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Oh well, anyhow, one of the things that was released uh, yesterday was the update to Logic, and the big thing about Logic is is Atmos, and it's now integrated into Logic. and And I wanted to talk about Atmos, and it's great that Scott's here because we talked a little bit about it on the last podcast. But since then, I've uh, I've got into Atmos. I've mixed Atmos music, and I've done um, a bunch of mixing in Atmos music, and um, it's a blast. It's really fun to work on, and you know, we all remember like Super Audio CDs, right, and Five Point One Audio, and all that stuff that was around of, about ten years ago. And everybody thought that it was going to be, you know, DVD audio was going to be the thing that saved the audio industry, much like three D TV was supposed to save, you know, the television and all that. And I was, I've always been skeptical of new formats because. 
you can just tell right off the bat if you just get that feeling. Like when you see a 3D TV, yes, the technology was great, but was it going to stick around? No, because people don't want to wear glasses. People don't want to do that. And when you heard like DVD audio and, and all this super audio stuff where it required you to be in a specific spot, was that going to take off? No, because... People listen to music, it's background noise to a lot of people. It's something that they listen to while they're doing something. Um, but as soon as I got into spatial audio and I started getting into Atmos, this is going to be around for a while. Why? Because number one, it's it's not dependent on where you're at. And number two, the entry level is super easy. It's uh, iPod. The entry level to listen to or listen, to create? To listen. Well, both. But it's, um, you know, AirPods, the AirPod Max, and, you know, it's just, it's super, e- you know, the, um, the, uh, oh my gosh, what are the, edit, edit, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. What are the, oh, the new AirPods? <laughs> no, no, AirPods, right? That's the ones you stick in your ears, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. AirPod um, Pro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. For, the, for one thing, the entry to listen to special audios is super low. It's just your AirPods, you know, the AirPods Pro, AirPod Max. Um, and Not the old ones. Though. I don't think so. Right. But no, I'm not I, bu- sure. I bought the old AirPods yeah. thinking I can hear Atmos. Yeah. And then I hear, it was the last week, hey, the new AirPods came out. You can listen to Atmos. I'm like, so the ones I bought like four months ago don't do it? Okay. Wah, 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 wah. Well, maybe you can trade them in the way Mike does and you can Ooh. like, you know, get a discount. You can pretty much trade in anything. So, uh, yeah. I'm, That's actually a good idea. Uh, but it's super low, and it's gonna, other manufacturers are going to jump on this, right? Other man, you, you hear about it already, you know, with some of the streaming services that are going to it and, and things like that. And the price to create the content is so low. It's $300 gets you into Logic, and it comes with Logic, and you can mix spatially, and it's great. And so because of all this, you're going to see there's a market there for your skills, and it's going to be good for not only the independent mixer, independent producer, but it's going to be good for the studios. Because if you invest in your Atmos room, all these people that are mixing binaurally, which is amazing, that's the way you should mix this stuff when you start, you're going to want to master it in a studio if you're doing a, a hardcore you know, release of this thing, because you need to hear it in air. You need to hear it in, in the real world. Um, and there's things that happen in an Atmos room that don't happen binaurally. But I'll tell you what, binaurally can get you pretty dang close. So I just, I just want to encourage everybody... like. If you're looking for for ways to make money, if you're a mixer out there, you should invest the time and effort to learn this. Now, Logic comes $300. If you're Pro Tools, I would go the Pro Tools because it's a little bit better. You can work with the um, the Dolby Panner, which is amazing. It has the sequence steps for for the motion and things like that. It just there's so many good things, um, and it's it's pretty cheap to get in it's only 300 dollars for the dolby suite for atmos for um pro tools ultimate so you can get into it and you get rolling obviously you got to get pro tools ultimate which is a little bit more money but it's definitely something that you can do and there's not nobody i don't know anybody who's mixing an atmos and then doing a 2.0 fold down of that and handing it in what happens is you mix 2.0 and then you use that as a reference, and then you give it to an Atmos mixer, and the Atmos mixer brings that in, uses that as a reference, and then does all the, all the jobs. And as a matter of fact, a lot of Atmos mixers are asking for stems from the original mixers. So 
that they don't even want you, you know they don't want to have to re-eq everything and anything they just want to work with the stems and go go from there and actually the clean stems because one of the brilliant things about mixing in atmos is you've got so much space you do not have to compress nearly as much to kind of dig out your little area so it's just it's just this room but that's also another reason why you i think the luffs that it's minus 18 luffs you can't go above that because when you combine all these sources you don't want to overmine you don't want to overdrive it yeah but um but it's just i don't know i want to open up you guys have any you know have you done any uh atmos mixing are you thinking about going that direction or, or is mobile there yet Nick? Uh, well, I haven't done any Atmos mixing, but after hearing the demo tonight in Logic before uh, before we started, I am a I am a convert. I was shocked at how beautifully spatial everything was and how there was no problem with uh, any instrument fighting with any other instrument. Everything had its own EQ space. Everything had its own positional space. And it was so easy to be able to just listen to the different elements. I was, I was gobsmacked. It was amazing. Um, I, did, uh, I did a little demo Atmos mix for the guys that listened to it um, beforehand. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's just fun. It's, it's fun and it's, it's musical. I just feel like when you're sitting there and you're working with the space... You know what it was like, and and forgive me, I do not mean to put myself on on the level of the great masters, but it would almost be like if you're back in the days of like Beethoven, where they didn't have any recorded media, and you just you're listening to like they were mixing with the orchestra, right? Yeah. So they're assigning parts and musical phrases, but not only the instruments, but like where the instruments are and and how it's gonna play, and and it's just. You just you feel like you just feel like like this maestro, like you're just creating this sonic scape, and um, I don't know. It just it's just really fun. That's all I can say is it's fun. Scott, um, I know you've done the oh, Atmos oh. Cinema stuff, right? You, yeah, so you okay, where I'm at now since how does that differ? Just from uh, okay, yes, yeah, so, okay. So what I've done, just for clarification, yes, I've done uh, quite a bit of Atmos movies. I've done now, have done and doing. Uh, at most, I'm going to call it TV, uh, home for Netflix, hmm. um, which I'm doing. I just got finished doing a show. I'm going to start another one. Uh, and I've also done Atmos ish binaural for VR. So it's interesting. And I'm also doing a theme park ride too. So what's interesting about all the different formats is, and I'm, I'm, it's great because I've become a giant student and learning. Okay. So, when you create, when you have Atmos in a theater, everything is the size of the theater. And the reason why I say that is, if I'm in a closet, it's weird to do a closet reverb in a theater. Because it's a big room with a small reverb, it doesn't translate correctly. Okay. And um, so you, what you're doing is, uh, a theater is like a concert, like a surround concert. And it's, it does some amazing things. I love it for theater a lot. Okay. Now, like, there is no Phantom Center in theater. Now we go to TV. And everything, because I come with film uh, uh, um, sensibilities, well, now I'm going into an area I got Phantom Center and a center. And not only that, I'm in a small room. So now I could put small reverbs, spatial reverbs, to create a small room where I couldn't do that in the theater mm. because the theater is always going to be a big room. Yeah. 
So now I've got stuff where people go in an attic and people go in closed spaces. Now, with multi-channel, meaning at least 7-1. Because to me, Atmos Home, it's 7-1 plus ceiling. Yeah. So really, it's 7-1 for the most part. And now I'm able to do things. So like I'm just working on a project now where I'm doing rain inside a house. So I've got rain on one window to the right on the side speaker. And I've got probably six or eight different rains all through the room. So you, if you close your eyes, you go, there's a window, there's a window, there's the ceiling tapping on the above you. So all of a sudden now it places you in that environment in ways that are just, I mean, I, have, I haven't gone to stereo in 30 years. So I've lived, I've lived in, in spatial audio forever. Right. Uh, to me, stereo is boring. So when I, like I've been doing a lot of mixing lately, actually. I just mixed uh, Maya and the Three for Netflix. And it's a big thing. And um, what's interesting is when my choir kits in, it's on the sides. It's not in the front. So now the strings and everything echoes behind you. So now all of a sudden they go, Vroom! and it, this wave of audio comes, comes at you and decays behind you. Now all of a sudden, everything's bigger, uh, more spatial. And it's just, you know, all my composers have been very happy yeah. with my what I do. Because you can hear music now. Well, I do it in such a way where it's not all be getting in, st in two speakers. Right. So when the choir comes in and it hits a da 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 da, law, you know, yeah. the big kick, and the whole room explodes great. because the choir is all around you. And then I'll spread out the different types of choir, you know, the men, the women, and all of that. Have you heard the um, Audio Audio Ease's indoor plugin? Yes, I have that. That is a great plugin. Yeah, you know, it's fun. I'm, it's, I'm using it now plugin. a lot. I didn't use it on Maya. Um, um, I think I can see. I don't know if I can see what I'm on. Anyway, um, I'm on a project now that's pretty cool, and there's a lot of very unique environments. And I, I picked up indoor. Yeah, and it's 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 I, great. I can't wait to do a special audio using that plugin because a it's it goes to seven one, so it's great. And b it's such a smart algorithm. So what indoor is is it it has all these virtual places. It has like a hotel and it has like a restaurant and you virtually place a microphone anywhere in that environment and, and, then a, speaker. and a speaker yeah. so it's it emulates the sound from that microphone to that speaker so you can, and you have, can close the door yeah you can have it on one side of a door and you have the speaker on the other and it sounds like it's coming from the other side of the door you can have it you're in the cafe you're in behind a table here and then the the you know the speaker is behind the counter and it sounds like someone's wow. yelling across it's 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 the best i'm waiting for the outside version of that yeah because that's always been the hardest well, thing. yeah i i was never i always wanted to love altaverb and I just, particularly the outside reverbs did nothing for me. No, the, but a lot you know of what? the inside the, ones. The only the outside thing. reverbs that, I mean, they're, they're okay. But the one thing that I will say Altiverb did really great was the, um, when somebody was outside a window, you know how they have all those, which basically is indoors based off yeah, of yeah. all those, all those algorithms. But you know, what's great. What's amazing is, and let's talk about technology a little bit. Um, with the new M1 MacBooks and with the processing power getting so good, we are so close to getting 
LIDAR reverb. That's that's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to see an app where you go into a room, you take a, a LIDAR picture, and it goes into a reverb, and it converts all that positional data into reflective sound. Only and if it's, it's a good sounding room, though. It's I, I heck any room. I think it's going to for location mixers. You go up there, you're going to get your your sound, and then the, okay, here's a little lidar snapshot of where we recorded. Yeah, it's it. the the modern equivalent of room tone. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think I think it's I think it's going to happen. I've been reading some stuff, and and it's man, whoever does that first, they're going to make a gazillion dollars. Now have you? There's a reverb about that I got introduced. Have you checked out Cinema Rooms? No. <sighs> Wait. <laughs> okay, Cinema Rooms is, if you liked, um, Cinema Rooms is amazing. It's kind of the new lexicon. It is so musical, and it can do small rooms, big rooms, and it is like, I put up the orchestras in, and you just, wow. What it is, you know reverb sometimes will ping a high end, and it kind of rings out metallically? Mm-hmm. It doesn't do any of that. It's warm, it's big, and it's changed my life for for certain sounds. It sounds natural, and it doesn't get metallic-y. Is it meant for music or for... It's from Liquid post? Sonics, is that yeah, it? Yeah, Liquid Sonics, yeah. Cinematic Rooms. Oh my gosh, this and, looks and great. It's, it's some Because I said somebody, I said, look, I love exponential audio. I got Symphony, which is also amazing, mm-hmm. and, and all of those wonderful things um, from exponential. And I thought it was done then. And then someone said, yeah. The per- actually, the person who introduced me to Exponential Audio called me up and said, you got to check this out. I said, I think I'm good with reverbs. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I don't know what this is. I don't know what Voodoo it is, but it's only $400 for the Cinematic Rooms Professional. Yeah. And I, it's, it's a game changer. That You know what? That's for, so Especially for, for orchestra. For, I mean, yeah. it's got rooms. Ex- I mean, it's got all the things on it. And it's it's like a very very deep 4ADL that sounds that's off great. The charts amazing. Let me let me tell you what's so awesome about this. Any reverb that does like seven one, the reason why those are really great, especially for Atmos mixing, is because when you mix Atmos music, okay, really quick, what Atmos does is is it converts your tracks into objects. So whatever your track is 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 an object, right? So if you have stereo tracks, it's going to be two objects that you can move around. Um, mono tracks, but also in the Atmos spec is you have a bed, so you have a bed of seven one audio. So and and you tell you tell your the renderer you, when you set it up, you set up your tracks as either objects or part of the bed, and so that's cool. So you can have a seven one bed of like your basics things that you're not going to necessarily throw around, like maybe pads and maybe um, have your fixed drums if you want to do that, um, and that just stays in a nice bed. So if you have a nice seven one reverb, that kind of just just paints a lovely picture. You have that. That's your basic base for your mix. That's that's what you're going to build everything on. So that's your foundation, and then you convert all your other stuff into objects, and that's the stuff that you throw around, and that's the stuff that you have fun with. So you can have objects that are either in your bed or either as an object, and it works really well. So you would put your seven one, you would put it as your as you know on your on your bed. That doesn't mean you can't necessarily use it on an object, but it's. It works really well when you go that direction. And what it also gives you, in addition, it's 128 single choices. So what we do is we make actually more than one bed. 
So I can have a dialogue music and effects bed. I could have kick drums, strings bed. However you want to break up, think of it as stems. Then you say, okay, whatever's left, which is a lot, um, are not sounds, but tracks. So those things can move around. And um, it's very much actually like video games. So you create a sound and then you create positional data for that sound. So when I, when I saw it, an object, it's just a video game. You take a sound, you, you spatialize it within an area and all the metadata that goes with it, positioning and all of that, follows that one sound. It's actually not moving in 120 tracks. It's one track with metadata. And you can do some great stuff with it, you know, obviously the ceilings. And what's great about Atmos that's unique on a lot of other formats, it's scalable. So like I right now I'm mixing in a 7.1 plus 4 room. Which is pretty much the standard small right. room setup. But you can do, but what's great is I could take that mix and put it in a 9.2.6. And it'll translate. And it just puts it in there. Absolutely. I could go into a theater that, because this is the big part. So if I pan, let's say I'm just doing a simple uh, 7.1 point source where I have only one side speaker. You take it to a theater. In a theater, you have nine sides. So wherever you pan that, so let's say you pan it 25% in or 25% back, it'll hit that speaker in a theater. So what happens is you can take something on your Logic or Pro Tools, take it from something small, play it in a theater, and it scales up. So it translates 100%. And that's what makes Atmos a little bit mind-boggling that it can go if somebody has a beautiful house in belly hills and they build a giant theater that atmos will translate away from the you know the small sides yeah. to as many sides as you have and the last thing because we're going to move on to the next topic but i will say that one of the best things about it too is is the soundbar technology and i mentioned this a little bit last time is is really there where it'll do these center, the ceiling fire speakers, and you will get a surround experience in Atmos off of off of a soundbar that you've you've never gotten before. It's it's amazing how good the technology is now for soundbars, especially like the Sonus. I got a Sonus demo, and and believe me, I'm so skeptical when it comes to technology and like I I, I hated soundbars. It's the idea of all my sound coming from. Um, tiny speakers and a horrible sub because the subs are always horrible they're, they're just they just are so boxy sounding but now man they sound great and and a lot of this stuff is the soundbar only without the sub like the sonas sounded great without a sub and you add a sub in there and it just gives a little a little push and let me just put something else because there's a lot of technology coming in so sony just came out also with a speaker setup and what they're doing is they do four speakers and they do uh, basically all the corners. And they're also um, speaker transducers firing up. Yep, ceilings. So they created oh, in, the, in the speaker, so it's yeah. going this so way they're and simulating, that way. Yes. Mm. So they're creating this giant sphere. Sounds great. It's And so the Atmos, it doesn't have to be a soundbar. A lot of high-end Atmos is just normal speakers with up-firing. But what's great about it is is not even that. Now they're starting to have auto calibration speakers mm -hmm. like they never have. Yeah. So now they're looking at the ceiling. Now they're looking at all these different aspects. They're time aligning things that never, I mean, 
it's better than some of the stuff that we've been using pro-wise. Uh, lines in the room. LIDAR is going to be huge in that because what will end up happening is your speakers will, will see the room, which is amazing. That's a whole nother but thing. But doesn't Elon Musk hate LIDAR? Uh, I don't know. But it's, <laughs> I, I just, the more I get into it, the more I see it. And the fact that it's on your phone and your iPad, mm-hmm. it's it's truly amazing. There's There's so much math and data in there for companies to use and the thing is is some of the stuff is built in and the tools are free so it's not like you have to create the tools they're they're free they're just objects that you can use anyway we got to move on but yeah it's i i tell you man go invest in in logic or if you're on pro tools you go invest in the the dolby suite it's and get into atmos it's it's something that you really want to get into it's something that you really want to do because if anything you can put your, you know, your sign out that you do Atmos mixes because there's a lot of people that are afraid of doing Atmos mixes or can't comprehend it, and they, they, you have to think a little different. But some people don't like to think different. Some people like their way. So you go in there and you snag the game. And, and more importantly, the games, because that's really weird. Isn't it all about games now? But no, the games are all Atmos based. Uh, PlayStation Five and the new Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, I do have one question. I know we have to move on because we've been talking for a long time, but there was something that you teased a little bit and we didn't really delve into it, which I think is very important, which is, as you said earlier on, that you are doing your primary mixing in headphones. Yeah. And that is like a sea change. That is, you know. it's Well, yeah. And actually, I, I was going to come back to that uh, oh, towards okay. the end. But but yes, I will say that, that yes, I, I do a ton of my mixing now in, in headphones because of all this new technology, especially when I'm mixing in Atmos music and things like that. And people are listening to their music in headphones. So even if I start on my speakers, I always go to my headphones because I want to hear what it sounds like. So, you know, whereas headphones used to be the taboo because of the Phantom Center and all that. Now there's tools out there where you can, you can emulate different studios and it's just, it's easier to, to really rely on, on your headphones and to rely on your ears because you get the information, which we're going to segue into what we're going to talk about right now. Which but I do is, want to add something because this is it's groundbreaking because I think it's important when you, now that we've broken up the headphones. Yeah. There is something that Sony has created, but it's not public. It, they've talked about it publicly. It's not top secret. So what, what they've done, and I've had mixers that I'm friends with because I didn't believe in it. And then I talked to them and they're like, no, it's real. So what they do is they put you in a room. They basically take a a scope of the room, not an IR, but a scope. Okay. Then they take a scope of your head in the room. Then they have some earpieces and they actually measure your canal. Okay. So what happens is it's to the nth degree, totally custom. Will Files and a whole bunch of other guys literally are mixing at the Cary Grant. They put these headphones on during COVID and they're mixing at the Cary Grant and it's got head tracking. So if they move to the left or right, they're actually hearing surrounds. And that's something that blew my mind. The only bad part is you have to be in person. So if you want to be at the Capitol Records, at the best studios, and you're pro, you can get pinged or scanned or whatever the right word is in that room with you. And now you can mix at the best studios in the world. Wow. But that, it doesn't come in the library though, because it's custom. That's crazy. I don't I, I mean, good luck with them. That seems like a lot of work to do, but the technology is amazing. You know, as long as we're talking about all this, I haven't heard from Rob for a bit. Rob, what Am I still here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought I left. <laughs> Rob, what it's do you think about back. about Atmos? 
Uh, it's funny. I I have not mixed any of these kinds of projects in Atmos, but I'm actually working right now with an inventor, and we're doing some. I can't go into too much detail, but we're doing a project that is going to actually bring this kind of technology to a live uh, situation. Wow. And we're just in the process. Actually, he told me about a week ago, the first patent is actually secured for this. So I'll be able to talk about it more soon, but um, it's a whole different, you know, now that this is becoming a standard and it's becoming something that everybody's used to instead of just the weirdos on the fringe. Yeah. Um, you're going to see it showing up in more and more places. And there is actually an application because the processing has gotten so fast yeah. and the latencies come down as a result and the computers are getting so much faster. We think we have an application for live. That's going to be pretty interesting. Wow. I'm looking forward so to there's that. There's a little tease. There's a tease. Thanks Rob. You know, now I'm going to be up late at night trying to figure and, out what And object oriented mixing and object oriented everything. It's funny as a programmer, everything's object oriented. Sure. So object oriented mixing, uh, you know, and the idea that your sound scales, from a theater to a home to wherever it's all now just vector and object based, which yeah, sure. as a coder makes a lot more sense yeah. to me. So um, it's funny. Every technology has moved from a more uh, sort of point source driven thing to a vector driven thing. And if you think about it, computer graphics went through the same thing um, and now audio is doing the same thing and everybody's getting used to it. It's, it's more to get your head around. So it's not usually what people would think of learning first, but now that Atmos is everywhere, um, I think it's going to become just standard everybody's comfortable with. It's a it's a great time to be alive and some of this technology. You know, as as much as we have bummer, you know, with the pandemic and everything, technology keeps going and there's some really cool things. And and the bar is just getting the entry level is just coming down lower, 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 lower. So it just means people can just jump in on this thing. I mean, I get I was excited. I'm sitting in front of a of a MacBook Air and my second monitor is an iPad, right? And it's connected with sidecar. So there's no cables that are even connecting these things. Yeah, sidecar is amazing. I've been using it a lot lately. And I can mix Atmos in this 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 MacBook Air and it blows me away. When I was putting this together for, for you guys, um, just as a quick demo, I was on my living room table with headphones just doing this. And I was it was just exciting. I just felt like this is just some cool technology. This is the this is just a great time to be alive, and it was really fun. Now we're going to segue into what I want to segue about because it's kind of along the same lines. Because I got into this because of my whole journey into Atmos, and that is we're going to talk about monitors. Okay. Now let me tell you the reason why I want to talk about monitors, and it's kind of funny that you mentioned headphones, but but right now you mean like hallway monitors? I'm talking speakers. I'm talking ah. audio monitors. I am talking <laughs> the most basic thing in your studio, and and I've had literally a, a whole different change in in my monitors and and everything because I've because technology and some stuff that I went through. But let me just tell you right off the bat, one of the things that I realized when I was doing this thing with monitors um, is the fact that, you know, in your studio, you've got all these different boxes. You've got all these different, you know, um, effects and sense and sound generators and effects and things like that. But really, the only thing you hear in your studio, the only thing you listen to is your speakers, is your monitors. That's the only thing you hear. Okay, so no matter how good all this stuff is around, it all has to come through those speakers. And that's where the change has to happen. Look, I am a full blown convert to 
throwing out the junky small monitors, okay? And getting good monitors because I am, um, okay, in all truthfulness, I started doing some work with a, with a speaker company and I won't say right now, I'll go, you guys know. Um, and uh, I did some, creating some content. So I had to really, and I'll let you guys know as, as soon as some things happen. Um, and I did some uh, really deep dives in the world of monitors because that's what I wanted to learn. And I got exposed to monitors that cost $100,000 a pair. And I got exposed to monitors that cost $75,000 a pair. And I got exposed to monitors that cost 15 and that cost, you know, 10 and five and three. All right. And let me tell you, after deep diving in all these high end monitors, I went back to my studio and it was so hard. It was so hard for me to listen to some of, some of my speakers because you really, there's, there's such a jump in what you hear and I am thoroughly convinced that a lot of the great engineers and a lot of the great sounds, a lot of the great mixes that are out there, you know, what helped them was just their monitoring environment. The fact that they heard just the way things are. For instance, I put together to work during the pandemic, I put, I had to spend as little money as possible and put together a 5.1 system. And I'm a big fan of M audios, the little BX5s and stuff like that. So I, I know that sound. So I put together this BX5 5.1. It was great to edit. You can hear, but it's not good to mix with. They, they, there's so much information that you're mix, that you're missing. And that's what the big money monitors buy you. What is it? What, when you get a hundred thousand dollar monitor, you're not getting more volume. Okay. Sure. They have power, but it's not necessarily volume. What you're getting is you're getting a clarity. You're getting, you will hear things that you've never heard before that have been there all the time. You're going to get, base that you can like a lot of times how many times have you gone into a studio or a friend's place and they play and they have a sub and the whole sub is there merely to you just feel the bass right you don't really you don't really hear it when you start to hear bass and i'm saying you can literally hear bass you, you can hear what it sounds like as well as you can hear a, a string pad you know you hear a string pad you're like oh that's a that's a you know an analog string pad oh that's a sample that's that when you hear bass, and it's so important where you can hear the roundness and you can hear, it's just not this, it's just not this muddy thing. It's just this tight, round bass. It makes all the difference in how you mix. And I was able to mix on some really super Razu speakers. And let me tell you, my mixing was the best that it's probably ever been because I could hear things. You can just hear things that you can't hear on on smaller monitors. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and spend $100,000. But look, if you're trying to think, do I want to buy this sound generating Wazoo thing and it's $3,500 and you're mixing on speakers that are 250, man, you're backwards. You're upside down. Your speakers should be that $3,500 and then get your small thing here and then work your way up. It's just, it's so important. I can't tell you you will literally be a better mixer if you get a better monitoring environment because you're going to hear things that you haven't heard before. And, and it's, it helps with focus. I mean, when I was on these super expensive speakers, the focus that you can get on your, on, on everything from your hi-hat to everything. And this is just in stereo. This is, you know, this triple that when you go into an Atmos and you hear all the fun stuff flying, but speakers are so important. And, um, 
and it was it's really great. And there's some great speakers that are coming out. Man, I was doing some research. I'll tell you, speaker system that's super exciting right now that's going to come out, and you're not going to be able to get a hold of them because they're, they're they're selling like hotcakes. Is the brand new PMC Active series that are coming out. Those things, I don't know what voodoo they do, but they've captured their super expensive stuff in the in the smaller size. And and look at the speakers that I like, I'm a big fan of Barefoot. I like Barefoot. I'm a big fan of ATC. I've heard the ATCs. But man, these PMCs, they are, you know, the entry price is, is like five grand to get like the good one, which per speaker or stereo? Uh for a stereo pair, five oh. grand. Which is not bad at all. And they no, sound as, not bad. as good as their their big boys. And it's the voodoo that this speaker does, uh, first of all, it's a great looking speaker. And, and I like barefoots, but I always thought barefoots looked a little weird with all those giant, you know, a bunch of gazillion little little micro speakers in there. Well, actually, I'll say that during COVID, I put in a full barefoot 5-1 setup. Oh, well, like I said, I was a, I was a, I, I'm a fan. I, I don't hate the barefoot. I'm just saying I just see stuff that comes out. I was like, oh, but, that's amazing. But, you know, I, I've got both my rooms are barefoot. Yeah. So I got the 27s in my big room. And they got the 45s with the bass extensions. And they're, they sound you know. great. I've always been a fan of them. Although I've never been a fan of the way they looked. But, yeah, who cares about the But they've been really great. And, I mean, they're kind of the hip speaker right now. They're in the Apple ad that they they came out with. And it was kind of fun. But, and, you know. Barefoot is? Yeah. They're, oh. they're the speakers in, the, in their little video thing. Having said that, man, the technology and speakers is, it's, Right when I thought nothing could new could come along, you start hearing these active systems, and you start hearing like bass being well defined. And I tell you, if man get a good sub, man invest in a good sub. The bass is so important, and not just to feel the bass. You want to hear the bass, and I, I don't. Does that make sense to you guys when you talk yeah. about hearing the bass? But you also have to just talk about closed ported. I mean, there's there's different technologies that. Like a closed cabinet uh, you know sub yeah. is tight, but it's like a ported is not. I don't. I don't care what it is. If I can just, if it's yeah. defined base. Like I don't care what the technology is. I just. I want to hear a, a defined base. I want. I don't want the low end to be. You hear this part. You hear like. You know. You hear like uh, eighty. And then everything else just is like it's, it, just it's like a fade, you yeah. know. It's 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 like you know, a wash. It, it's kind of like the difference between on a great piano, the bottom note, the A, has a musicality and a pitch to it, yeah. and on a crappy piano, it's just yeah, yeah. you know, just mud. Yeah, it's the same I think, thing. I, what I've noticed because I've been on semi journey on speaker wise, as you guys painfully know, um, is that what's changing over technology is the uh, uh, efficiency of the drivers. The faster, it's the difference between 500 by 500 on a TV in 4K or even 8K. The fast, the drivers are getting so fast and efficient. So something goes boom. All the little high-end detail in the imaging is based on the efficiencies of the drivers. So Genelec and Dianaudio came out early on. And now they're making these drivers that are so fast and so efficient with their energy that you hear all this detail that you've never heard before. But here's the thing. Like, I mixed on Genelex. I know Genelex really well. I was on Genelex for 12 years. And and quite frankly, they just don't do it for me anymore. But, but, but Genelex, new- when you get JBLs, the old yeah. ones, the right. not Jangly ones. but loud. Jangly yeah. but loud. Yeah. So the Jennies and the Dines was the next step. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you've got- ATCs, PMCs, <sighs> yes. Barefoots. All of a sudden, it's because I'm a post guy. And I've got, you know, my speakers are like $8,000 a speaker. Yeah. And I have a lot of them. And people are looking at me like, you're crazy. 
but I hear things. Yes. So that's the thing. You hear things. And, and that's the whole point. It's like, guys, if you're putting your studio together and your budget for your gear is, you know, $30,000 for all your, you know, generators and effects and your monitor budget is like five grand, you know, you're going to be fighting yourself. You're going to be like, there's guys that are out there where it's flipped and they're going to get better results than what you're getting. Because if you don't hear it, you don't hear it. And this is what sold me on it. Because I was going to go, I'm not spending that kind of money on speakers. Get out of here. So the guy goes, how much money do you spend on a car? And I go, okay. He goes, how long does it last you? Three to five years. He goes, okay, you buy speakers, they can last you 10, 20 years. So you spent it on a car, why not spend on speakers? And he was right. I, I, 100%. And I, I will say that, look, um, we're going to talk a little bit about this, but, you know, you shouldn't, your identity doesn't have to be tied into your gear. And I'll, I'm going to explain that later. So you have ultimate freedom to change, like change. Like if you like this one thing, but you hear something better, like go into these, these, when I go down these deep dives for different things, whether it's headphones or speakers, I just become gear agnostic. I don't care. I don't. I don't care what the gear is. I want to hear what it does, and I want to. How is this going to help me? And you know, sure, there are some iconic brands out there that will always be the top, like like API and Neve, right? They're always going to be the top of the line on, on consoles, especially the vintage sound, because they have. That's their personality. That's what it is. So you can like API, you can like Neve. It doesn't really matter, you know. Um, and that's fine, but. There's there's no reason why you can't change other things and you, you can't adapt and things aren't going. And you know what? API, it's not even necessarily like the best sound. It's the API sound. If you don't prefer it, you don't have to worry about it. You know? It's not part of your personality. It's not part. Exactly. Mike, before you move on, I want to I wanna jump back to the monitors a yeah. little bit and ask a couple of sort of philosophical questions sure. now that you've you know really educated yourself here. So, you know... Pardon me if this sounds ignorant, and yes, I understand that there's a lot of reasons why a Ferrari is $300,000 and a VW Bug is, you know, $5,000. I, I understand that. But the question that I have, and, and, and this is sincere, sure. is if we are talking about purely analog systems, right, for these new these new speakers, what is it that actually costs $50,000 you know or $100,000? They're, they're not purely analog. Okay. There's there's DSP built in like the these new PMCs that I heard that just blew me away. There's DSP built into it, and the DSP is not room correction. Okay, you can tweak all these different parameters, but I think it's just so smart when they when they were explaining when I was getting this demo. You can tweak these, and the guy said this is not to correct your room. This is to get your personality into your speaker. You're you're refining on how you like to listen. And I thought that was brilliant because it's like, you know what? One of the things you hear about speakers all the time is, oh, this speaker is really good for hip hop, but it's not necessarily good for rock. The speakers are blah, blah, blah. And that has to do with the characteristics of the speakers, whether it's thumping at the low end like people want it or whatever. So the fact that you can get in there and you can change some of the stuff to suit your your tastes. I, I just think that's great. And I just think that's something that's, that they're not, they're not, you know, trying to hide the fact. It's like, no, this is not going to correct your room. This is going to tailor your speaker to you, which I thought was, was. And there's good. also one thing I felt for this in there. The stealth airplanes are unflyable without a computer. They just won't fly. 
So the computer compensates for all the weird things that the airplane does. One of the things that's new technology you're talking about, speakers, analog, is a cone moving. And when it does, it has weird resonances, mm -hmm. especially different volumes. So what they do is they map all of its weird inefficiencies, uh, whether it's whether it's in a cabinet, whether it's something called a back hit. So when the speaker goes back, it's pushing air backwards into the cabinet. So now all of a sudden has all of these actually distortions that are happening. The computer now can compensate for the inefficiencies right. of the speaker. So they're saying, when you do this, let's erase that through DSP. Let's basically remodel it. That's wrong right. word. But basically deal with the inefficiencies, and that's why speakers are sounding so good. Well, and let me let me answer another thing onto that is is for the ones that are analog, because not all the speakers have DSP, especially the, some of the ones that I listen to, but all of them had a matched amp. So you're not just buying right. a giant speaker and you're going to plug into, you know, who knows. All of them, all these are active and they have either yeah. rack um, amps or they have amps built in. And the quality of, of all of this stuff, like like everything, just the, the laminate, the the connections, the actual screws, like everything is is thought out to the nth degree and they're all handmade. And, you know, it's not like they have a, a you know, a, a whole warehouse full of hundred thousand dollar speakers, you know, but they they're they're just they're they're like a Ferrari. They're just yeah. immaculate, just the way they're put together and the technology behind it and the technology of of some of these speakers it's not just a cabinet that you go into the cabinet and they have these crazy bass ports and they have this they they figured out the math on the wave of the bass and how it's supposed to come out and they have these ports that are specific size and angles so that the bass travels through the speaker and comes out aligned with with everything it's tuned, else yeah so this is the thing. So I hear everything that you guys just said, okay? But this is the part of the system that I'm confused about, which is that a speaker is not a speaker on its own. A speaker is a speaker within an acoustic space. Yeah. There is the relationship of the room yep. and the speaker and your ears. And so... And if, the furniture that it's on. And the furniture that it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, Rob, like your wonderful, uh, you know, the, the heavy-duty concrete... Or the four-inch concrete slabs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we they, may have overdone that a little well, bit. Well, but no, but the, you... I mean, but <laughs> the reason was... It made a difference. Was, it made a yeah, difference. exactly. It made it as tight as hell. Great speakers in a bad room. Sounds bad. Well, and that's my whole point, right? So if you're talking about a phenomenal I, pair of speakers. You know what? I disagree. Speakers. I disagree. I think great speakers in a bad room sound as great as those speakers are. Like, you, you're going to get a great sound out of those speakers. But, the direct but, signal but, will exactly. be, sure. But, you, but you're going to get a you're colored... Gonna, right. You're going to get right. reflections. You're going to get all that stuff. But right. but it's not like a great speaker is going to sound... Like, you spend $100,000 on a speaker in a bad room, and you spend $300 in a well, bad like, room. Like, like, even, even something part of the COVID journey, because I, I went through this journey. So I have a room that's about 18 by 18 at home. And... The problem is, it's not quite square, but it's not quite rectangle. Right. So what do I have? And then, uh, uh, um, um, anyway, so uh, what I did, just the pure acoustic physics of this. So I'm going to get a 100 hertz bump, guaranteed physics. Okay, so I started, I bought about $2,000 or 3000 bucks of acoustics. Yeah. So now I built bass traps all over my room. And I put a lot of money in because I wasn't, I could hear the resonance. 
And, and the thing is, as Dude, a mixer... We're, we're going through the same journey. <laughs> yeah, as, as a mixer, I would actually start mixing that out. I get right. very, very insecure, and I kept running back and forth to Burbank, even during COVID, because that room was built amazing. And um, I started listening to understanding my mixes and said, I hear a problem here. So I bought lots and lots of acoustics. I brought Dolby out. They tuned my room. I was able to do that through the Matrix Studio. And but it, it was a journey and I put in lots of panels and corner traps and yeah and stuff like that. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. When you have a room that's not perfect, you're not gonna buy a hundred thousand dollar speaker. Because when you're no. gonna buy that kind of money, but let's put let's go here. Let's say you're gonna spend five grand on a speaker, which is a lot, but that's you know, if you're if that's a tool of your trade. So people spend way more money on, you know, paintball gear when they put it all together. So it's a tool of the trade. If you put that $5,000 speaker into a room that sounds okay, you're still going to get a great sound out of those $5,000 speakers. And it's going to, it it just baby steps. But I would, I would spend the money on the speaker and then start correcting off the speaker because you know the speaker is going to be a good base to go by. And literally it's going to make you a better mixer. There's, there's not a lot of things on this planet that will make you better um, because you have them. But I guarantee you if, you, if you have a good monitoring environment, monitoring speakers, you will be a better mixer. Even if you just pull up your favorite song and then you pull up your mix and you just hear where yours is different than your favorite song. It's it's one of the few things. But that's not always. What sub did you go with? What sub did I go with? Yeah. Well, or, or are you going? With? I I am I am still on the process, and I'll tell you about where that's going to land. But. But right now, um, yeah, I'm still looking at all the options there. There's there. one near you where you live called SVS. It's a super hi-fi. It's cheaper than like a Genelec. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Some guys turned me on to some speakers that you can't buy at a pro audio store. Yeah. That are pretty cool. I And you save a lot of money. There's some speakers that I'm looking at that you don't need the sub. You don't need. Yeah, I, I that's actually, the ultimate. Actually, oh wait, but you need it for the LFE if you're I, doing multi-channel. No, no, no. With my with my, I'm talking music. Oh, okay. the multi-channel. Right. I'm gonna stick with. I'm only gonna. I'm gonna I'll bump up my my. I'm getting rid of the the BX um, the three A's. I, I, I that just has to go because it sounds like garbage. So you're good to edit with, and I can do. I'm about to start another feature that I did by myself. By the way, I'm I'm doing everything by myself, like all Ooh. the editing, the dialogue, the whole thing, sound design, and mixing. And so that's why I had to put it together. And these are not, these are low budge. So it's kind of fun. So I have a lot of latitude. Having said that, I, I need a better environment for that because it just, I, there's stuff that I'm not hearing. But on the music side of things, because I want to invest in it, because I have Adam S3As and I don't want this to get me in trouble, but they just, they, they don't sound good. All right, that whole ribbon tweeter after 10 years, the, the ribbon tweeter has been played out and, and, Talk about a speaker that needs a sub. Like yeah. that speaker needs a sub. And I know I have it. I've it's been in front of me for 15 years. <laughs> I've had that speaker and and it just it needs a sub. There's 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 a, a tremendous amount of clarity and you can you can hear into your mix, but it, it definitely needs a sub. And I have an M and K um sub, yeah. which is that thing is is beefy and it's loud and, and it can it can rumble. Um, but it also is is loose and flabby. <laughs> it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that. After I've heard, like it was the best at its time when at its time. But man, when you hear speakers, how now, big is the speaker? 
It's like a 15. Right. It's a, That's why. It's a big boy. It Fif- is a, it's, 15s no matter what you do. It's yeah, a big boy. I mean, the, be- the best technology, I think, is super old. And that was an SVT. So, uh, oh, yeah. The best and it's saying yes. So it's got, what, three-inch speakers on it? Six-inch speakers? Something really small. So you get that high end. Yeah. Yeah. But when they take all 16 of them yeah. and they make a giant wave, yeah. you get the size of like an 18-inch speaker. Oh, and it's ported, right? So you're picking up. It is. But what's correctly. interesting is that why all the funk guys like the SVT is if you have a big 18-inch old school amp, it doesn't have the highest. Some people put horns in them. Yeah. But SVTs, the guys will slap. Right. And, and those little speakers get that beautifully. Yeah. And they also get stuff. The MK actually, it might be a, it might be a twelve. I don't know if it's a fifteen. It might be a twelve. Anyhow, yeah. All that to say is, it sounds great, yeah. but it's just it's a, compared to bass nowadays, it's a little flabby. And it's so funny. And I and I, I told the whole podcast about this, but I'm I'm having this standing wave problem on the bass. Absolutely. And it, it the, the node is right at my at my mix area. If I'm like just a foot, are behind, you fifty percent into your foot, room though? Foot, yeah, well, the way my room is, it's like you're halfway. It's, it's, yeah, it's that's not, the problem. It should be thirty-seven. No, no, no. It's not. My room is irregularly shaped. Oh, okay. So it's not. I don't even know what percentage I'm at, but I'm doing the the, the triangle, yeah. the whole thing, and it's just if I stand up, boom, I hear it. If I go down, boom. So it's like you got weird notes. Yeah. It's so, just weird. It's fortunately weird. for you. All of the acoustics to solve that problem are sitting in my car right now yes. waiting for you. The yes. only question I have is exactly where Andrew is going to be in the car on the ride <laughs> home oh, with yeah. all of the acoustic panels. <laughs> you know what? I can, I'm, I'm going to Prius so I can fold the seats down. And you know what? I'll, I'll say for all the listeners out there for, who, who, who don't have your panels. Yeah. No, um, Geek Audio, G-I-K Audio Acoustics. I they're quite wonderful because I put um, I bought all their bass traps with diffusers in front of them. Yeah, and they look. It was like God, that looks great. It looks very Art Deco-y and great, you know, looks. And they're not expensive, um, and that's what's amazing. They are they are deep, you know. I bought the four inch. They have eight inch and six inch and two inch. And for the frequencies I wanted, I wanted to go for four. So oh, that's really cool. Mike, your studio needs a nodes job. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back, Rob. <laughs> that was really good. That Thank was, you. And uh, Nick is going to supply it. It sounds oh, like. Oh, so, I wanted. I wanted to just share one interesting thing. Sure. Um, you know, while we're on the topic of room acoustics and so forth. So, you know, as I've mentioned on previous shows, I you know completely rebuilt. Uh, my studio, I took a garage that was, you know, a 22 by 22 foot space with 14 foot ceilings. Um, but it was metal, right? It was a tin wow. can and I, and I did everything you needed to do, right? I put in tons of insulation and drywall and all of that. And so I have a video that's about to come out on my YouTube channel, which was just a studio vlog, right? I just had a cheap camera and every time I was doing something different, I would just grab a little bit of it, you know, and then put it all together. Uh, you know, I'm putting it together right now. And it is fascinating because the very first thing uh, at, at the top of the video is me Currently, it's me now talking in the room saying, today on Under the Big Tree, blah, 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 come check out my room. And then it, you go back in time, and the first stuff that I'm saying within the room, it sounds like the most <laughs> reverably awful <laughs> cathedral. And then over time, as more stuff got added to it, um, things got tighter and tighter and tighter. And when I finally put all my real traps up, the acoustic panels that I use all the way across one room, one wall, you know, across the rear wall, I was like, 
done. Yeah. So sounds now good. it's a now it's a six foot by six foot room, but it sounds great. <laughs> it's a six foot by six foot, really good sounding room. Yeah, well, hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping up, but man, this has been. Scott, it's so good to have you back, man. I love you. Glad to be back. I love when we can talk about this kind of stuff. And it sounds like we're going through some of the similar journeys. And I'm going to have to come out to your place because I'm Anytime. curious. Because here's something. I was thinking about putting an Atmos room together and using um, IK Multimedia MTM speakers because they are, they sound so great for so small. I've got small. both of them. Wow. Yeah. And can you, and I would put a 714. Uh, so, and I would build a cage. I was literally thinking about how to build a cage to put that. Because they I, have to. I think I've talked to Dave Kirshner about it, and it's like you gotta come up with a portable five one or seven one. I like just, it's you gotta. That's I, what headphones are. That's what like binaural headphones. Yeah, but, she, but even, I, I love binaural. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but there's, especially when you're mixing for picture, phase, which I'm though. doing. Yeah, yeah, stuff. no, I, I, when you're when you're mixing for picture, you know, there's nothing like sitting in sitting in the oh, room. But sure. I just think I, I'm such a fan of the IK multimedia editing cutting rooms. Yeah, I, I mean, I just portable think. rooms. I think they they would be the standard. Oh, I just it, it sounds so good for for all this we're saying of these other ones, just for getting work sometimes. That's, and that's the small ones, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Oh, yeah. Because people go like, oh, which are, are this, that the big speakers? I went, see those little guys? Yeah. And they're like, and nobody believes me. They have to walk over to it and touch it. And they're like, wow. Yeah, they're they're, they're great. big sounding and they're really small. For it's 300 amazing. bucks, they're, yeah. they're small. Like, yeah. I'm not a big I mean, fan of what they are. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of like, like, you know, some of the $300 speakers that people are trying to th- like I'm not going to mention any names, but okay. okay. <laughs> no, I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> but uh, there's some speakers that people like. Every time you go into Guitar Center, because I went into Guitar Center during during the pandemic when they had people sorry. in. Because sometimes I I just like to go and hear their spiel. I'm. I'm just but I'll say that way. But their spiel at this point is here's what we have left in stock. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's the spiel. Well, and and, and I, I, we just, we just got to go there because Rob was part of this journey. <laughs> Keith Clotwitter, K R K, he created KRK speakers. When he first came, he was our lead engineer at Soundlux, and he was selling these out of his car. But they were very different than what you see in Guitar Center now. Oh, Rob, they're very different, yeah. Right, and they were amazing. He was selling them to the biggest producers, all custom made, and he was the first guy to use Kevlar yeah, as a driver. And it was like, he was doing things that was amazing, and then he, you know, the company got to his size, of course. He sold it. Yeah. They made it cheaper, more affordable for the masses, and now you got the KRK of today, <laughs> which is very different than... The KRK that Rob and I experienced. Okay, I've still got my gigantic pair up. Those 20, were great. Though. 20 years yeah. ago, my very first job mixing was an all KRK room. Was yeah. KRKs. Was which ones, though? The, the square ones. And they, I don't know. They're, they're not, before they went to the Rockets, you know, the pyramid Oh, yeah, shape, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, But the thing about the KRKs is they had incredible, incredible high end. Yes. Almost too incredible. They yes, are too high. really as anything. Snapping that snare. Yeah. And you can't like, there's just no low end. There's no, there's no body. It's all. It's well, all the ones we have. Yeah. We had low end for days. What? How? They have what? Eight in, is it an 18 inch driver? No, no. We're 12. It's either 12 or yeah. 10. So no, I know it's, it's at least 12. I it's gigantic. Smaller, I, I, no, I would say low end. So the old care case, because I even, 
I have the very, very ones with the rounded edges still. Yeah. Sitting storage. Yeah. The very small ones. Right. But they were punchy. The kick drum was was. I mean, but there's no that those. That's what I started with. Yeah, but they're really small. Nobody's going to give you that. It was shrill. Yeah, you did. They were they were shrill. No, no. But you know what? The gigantic beasts. I was actually this is fresh in my mind because I was actually moving them around earlier today. They weigh a ton. They do, and they're about three feet tall. I mean, it's like moving a Volkswagen around. They're huge. I will give you this though. They do sound better than the new versions. The new versions, it's just like the new versions. It's a different company. It's it's, yeah, and and man, you go into it's like saying Lexicon. On now, you the new little lexicon reverb for a hundred dollars is as good as the no. I, I tell you, different beasts. The worst place to buy your speakers is Guitar Center because you're going to a be a bunch of horrible speakers. Right. I'm just going to tell you that there's not. I, I I just can't stress this enough. The speakers that they have there, and yeah, they have on the high end maybe they're you know twelve hundred yeah. to to the best. If if you're in LA or you guys listening, there's two places to go listen. Westlake Audio yeah. and Vintage King. Yep. And they've got beautiful speaker walls and you can and I spent four to six hours. Go to Pro Yes. Know, go to just, Pro Audio. Yeah, and then take stuff you know Bring, and yes. play it. Yeah. Because I, I I it's so like it's so important to get the right information and get the right advice. And that's my whole thing about today and talking about speakers, I just want to give you guys some advice. I just and and I don't want to be backed up by myself. That's why I opened it up to everybody. It's like speakers are so important, and you're going to be a better mixer if you get better speakers. And, just, and with that, I, you brought up one thing I just thought of is many times because I just got finished building twelve rooms not long ago for my studios, and the biggest problem people do is they buy speakers that are too big for the room. Right. So the room is like a resonating drum. So if you get big, big ones, you're going to make the room sing, for better or for worse. And most times it's for worse. So you get a speaker that's perfectly for the size of that room, number one. Number two, um, you look at dispersion patterns in the horn. One of the things that's fascinating about the 7 Series JBLs is they have uh, height rejection based on the way the horns are built. So what they do is they shoot it out, but they're not shooting it up. So sometimes dome tweeters will come out in a large pattern. Mm. The horns, it's a horn. That's why they're there. So they basically direct it. So I've got the 7 Series in all my studios, which are not built as good as they should. And we have no high-end problems because it's meant to be focused right at you. Where domes, like, you know, you, you have that sweet spot. Some speakers that go, no, there's no sweet spot. You can be anywhere in the room. That's a bad speaker in a bad room, choice-wise. I disagree with that, though, because okay. I've heard some speakers where the sweet spot is bigger than it should be. And you can hear the high end, and I think it's all has to do with the DSP, though. I think it has to go hand-in-hand hand with what you were saying before, because there's some speakers that I heard that, like, one of the biggest issues is when you're mixing and you have a like producers behind you or your client behind you is exactly what you're talking about. The sweet spot. Cause what you may be hearing great, they're going to hear it's going to sound like crap, but I've heard some speakers where that's a ginormous sweet spot. And even when you're off the sweet spot, they still sound good. Like it, it I don't know what voodoo it does, but it, but it, it just does this amazing right, right, sound in a good thing. room. Yeah. But and, in a bad room, but you're right. It wasn't a good room. A hundred percent. There wasn't a studio. So you're a hundred percent right. It wasn't a good room, but, um, but I tell you, Here's the th- here's the thing. Sound technology is so advanced, and I don't know what voodoo that they do, but I'm going to give you guys a really easy way to go listen to some really great technology. 
go to an Apple store, play music out of a MacBook, okay? 16-inch, play it. And sit there and play it, and, and hopefully you can get there when there's not too many people. The sound that comes from the MacBook doesn't sound like it's coming from the MacBook. You it mean sounds, out of the speakers? Yes. The internal speakers Yes, on the it sounds like it's coming from a bigger speaker. It's the weirdest thing. When I got my new MacBook Pro... Yeah. And I sat down, and I and they actually there's an ad that even says that um, when they when they're doing a um, I, I came across a YouTube video that that was from Apple where a producer's going sounds like there's a giant speaker in front of me. It's so weird. It has this phantom center that's bigger than you would think, well, and don't, it sounds like don't the dang. new laptops have actually more than two speakers? I thought they have like some huge number yeah, of speakers. It, on it, them. No, th- that's what I'm saying. It's I don't know what the voodoo is if it's a bunch of speakers, but it sound like technology. There's no reason why you get as much bass out of that because they're so thin, and yet you play it, you're like, oh my gosh. Have you heard Apple's big? They were not, remember the very expensive big round uh, looks like a trash can, and it's a speaker. Oh, the HomePod. The HomePod, home home yeah. not the new one, but the old one. Yeah, that was created by Thomas Homan, H A of T H A. Yes, and what's great is they have speakers all the way around, sub going down, and microphone sensors all the way around the speaker, and they're actually pinging the room to optimize the play. The problem with that, I mean, it's an amazing sounding speaker. It is. It's amazing. The problem is, I said, great, can I put my computer on it? No. What do I do with this thing? It's just, it's only for your phone. And yeah, I'm like, Bluetooth. Right, but I want to be able to buy two of them, hundred percent, and use it for my computer. You could, actually, you could put two together. The, you could you could set up on your computer and your laptop. No, no, no. you could oh, set them right. up as stereo. You right. could buy two of them, which was they were seven hundred dollars for right, a pair. Right, but why are you going to buy and not yeah. have it on a computer? No, hundred percent, hundred percent. There was no audio in. They sounded amazing. I they did. I agree. The like, first so time they I purposely this. said, "Yes, we're only going to have you know Bluetooth. bandwidth limited content yeah, comes exactly. out here. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good." And it I just is, said, even if you're on YouTube or want to watch a concert yeah. or plug it to your freaking TV, yeah. you can't. And yeah. I'm like, that's so dumb. But that's it's still. Dumb. I don't think you can do that. You can't do that with the new pods either. The new. No, but that's where like they just miss the technology. No, I know the technology know. is amazing. Oh, it's great. Those were for yeah. little Bluetooth speakers. Yeah, those were amazing. And and I was uh, we were shooting out in Paris actually, and we went to the Apple store there because why not? You're in Paris. <laughs> Yes, so went to the Louvre. It's all that stuff, too, right. so I don't think. But anyhow, so we're going through. So they can be snippy be... there because they're French and because they work at an no, Apple no, store, no, so you get double. Exactly. exactly. It, it, would, it would be the Palme de Frites store, I believe. Genius. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, Apple stores, they all have their own personality. And this one looked like you're in a, a mini version of Versailles. All the rooms were ornate. And I heard this amazing sound, um, this, this classical music coming from this room. And I'm like, wow, this is really great. Where's it coming from? And they just pointed me to two of those things that they had yeah, set up in stereo. It's, it's it was the most, how it was it mind-boggling how good it was. Anyway. I, I, I was like, I, I'm going to buy it. I'll buy two. I know it's crazy expensive. I'm going to do it. And I want to hook it to my computer. And yeah. they're like, you can't. You, you know, you bring up a really good point, though. We're talking about Bluetooth speakers. Listening to speakers, you know, speakers that you use for just listening to music, totally different ball game. You don't have to spend a gazillion dollars you can get a you know a, you know a bluetooth speaker and enjoy it 
when I'm talking monitors, I'm talking about when you're creating the content and when you're mixing for that, because you need to hear everything and you need to hear everything the way you're supposed to hear it. And no matter what monitors you get, you need to learn them so that you know how they translate to the outside world. And and let me tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how you should burn in your monitors. And, and this is just me and you guys can Blow totally get it. What? Blowtorch? <laughs> no. What you do is when you get your monitors, get your favorite song. And listen to it like 10 times in a row. All right. And listen to different parts because you know that song so well and you want to start listening to the different parts. And just you just listen to the same thing over and over again. And you really will get an imprint on what that monitor does because you know that song and you know, like, oh, wow. this. And if, and if you get stuff and you start hearing things that you haven't heard before, you just want something that you're really familiar with and that you can hear a lot. Like when I first um, back at uh, the other place I used to work at when I got my system, I literally played the same song over at least 10 times just to kind of hear the characteristic. And and then after I heard it and I got a good good vibe, then I started listening to other types of music and things like that. But literally, just take your reference track and just learn your reference track in that room. And Mike, Mike, was it ABBA or Barry Manilow? <laughs> I write the song. No, it was probably uh, Striper or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know so, what? I'm so, Mike, gonna... I do have a question for you. Yeah. So, when you were listening to speakers, because I, I, this, I just found this out. There's two way and there's three way. Forgetting about the bass extension, yeah, stuff. My ears are used to two way, and the forty fives I bought at home are three way. Yeah, like the uh, 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 the HTC twenty fives are three way. It's different. Yes. It's great. Because there are two crossover points instead of yes, one. And so, so now the phase it's relationships efficient, are different. But the mid-range, the, where the vocals and pretty much everything lives. Well, they get their own speaker. They do. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, and I'm going, like, I think I would need to redo my mix. It, mm. But I couldn't tell you what I need to change. It's just, it's very weird jumping back and forth between two and three way. Mm. Because that mid-range, it's, it's more efficient. It sounds, it, I mean... Sounds really good. But you know what? That's one of the things, the benefits of like when you get those super expensive speakers and you're, you got three ways or sometimes even more, yeah. you, it, it opens your mix up. It just, it literally yeah. opens it up. And that's why, you know, that's why you'll be a better mixer because if you hear things and you could tweak it, I guarantee you it sounds great on the three way. You just keep folding it down. It's going to sound great. And you know what? That, and all this said, if you're a crappy mixer, don't just blame your speakers, please. <laughs> like there is such a thing as just being not good at mixing. No, so it, get better at mixing. That, no, we're absolutely. spending a lot of time acting as if the speakers are the, are the only key. But you know not. what? I will, I'll, I'll, you get a mediocre mixer in in front of some really great speakers and a, a better mixer in front of crappy speakers. Yeah, all other things the, being equal, the, better speakers are better. The mediocre speakers are going to be better. But of you course. know what? Of One course. thing, though, that Rob said, and I'll say, not that it sounds like a, I actually do endorse Barefoot, but I like lots of speakers because I also have more than Barefoot in my room. Sure. Um, one thing I like that they do that's kind of cool is they have a four-way switch. So they do their tuning the barefoot tuning, they do a hi-fi tuning, which is a little more low, a little more high, a little smiley facey. Then they do their emulation of an NS10 and an Oratone. And what's really great is I'm mixing, I think I'm really pretty much there. And then I just start dialing through the different presets to hear how's it gonna sound with no low end? How's it gonna sound with a little more low? And it's, I love having one speaker I can just do that with. Which monitor is this? These are barefoot, all the barefoot studios. Now, so having cool. said that, that's cool, but I was in some studios talking to some mastering engineers, talking, and they have 
their speakers, their mixes translate up and down with no problem. They don't even have an oratone or anything crappy well, in the room. It's a mastering real. studio, though. You know? Well, yeah, a no, mastering studio is a very yeah, unique but, situation. Yeah, but I'm just saying, that I, well, and a couple other studios, but they, some of the new technologies translate so well, you don't have to emulate. And come on, NS10s were not the best sounding speakers. At I, all. No, but they, they translated to ooh, I, something people. No, I understand. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I'm just, it's just technology is just getting so. Look. Speakers were the last thing on my on my mind. I'm much more into synths. I'm much more into stuff. But when I started going down this this speaker rabbit hole, I I learned so much, and it was it's so eye opening. I mean, when you I know. when I mixed this last show, we checked everything, all the mixes on an uh, uh, iPad. Absolutely. I put an iPad. I said, "Okay, this is the test." Well, and I can see. And why I heard you it, and I went, "We're there." Yeah. I mean, I can hear the dialogue. I mean, it's different sounding. But I w- the balance between dialogue, music, and effects, it's all there. No, it's all I, what I wanted it to be. You know what? And that's that's actually a really good thing about your monitoring environment. Because if you're in a monitoring environment where it's coming at you the way it's supposed to come, it's going to translate down to your, your iPad with without any problems. Because the balances are going to be there. And any inefficiencies of the... The mix is going to be because of the technology, because it can't handle, you know, an, an eighty, you know, eighty at the sub or anything. Like and, and that. my sub is bigger than a uh, bigger than a washer. <laughs> it's, wanna, one of the, it's one of the big JBL subs. But you know, I love it. Goes like, eh, you went low end. There you go, low end. They just moved you. You know, it's just like no problem. Rather than like, I'm trying, I'm trying to give you low end. No, but that's all I can give you. So true. That's that's another thing. You, you some of these speakers. They are effortless, effortless in the sound. Also, I'll say yes. Better speakers will like help you do a better product, and it's it's just like having a better prescription for your glasses. You can see things better. And just same way with better speakers, you can hear things better. But I still think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they don't have a sub and they don't have speakers that go down low enough, so they're yeah. they're they have no control over the bass in their stereo mixes. That to me is a much bigger problem than than the order of magnitude of whether $4,000 speakers or $5,000 speakers are going to be better for your mix. Right. Like, Which figure is, out what's... You have to fix the big problems yes, before you fix the But here's the ones. thing. If you don't have that sub and you want to work on those frequencies, that's when you put your headphones on. Well, no, no. Because but, you Well, can, and that helps. But, but what Rob's saying, though, is that when you start getting into the six, ten thousand, fifteen thousand 15,000 speakers, like the Barefoot 27s have low-end... They're not subs, but they're low-end drivers for that very purpose to go, here's what you got down there. Like it, don't like it. It's there. A hundred percent. Bass is so important. That and that's you know what you're saying is these speakers, like the low end is and what I was telling before, when you can hear your low end. When it's on the not, mains, not the, the yes, LFE, yeah. Yes, when you yeah. can hear your low end, when like you're mixing music and like Robinson, when you can hear your low end, it's so it makes all the difference in the world, you know, and it really does. And you're right. You got to have basic chops, but I'm going to go on the assumption that if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably kind of into it, and you don't suck because our seven listeners don't suck. And, and also for anyone, <laughs> if any of you guys in post, uh, this is actually a really big deal. And Rob was part of this era of me. Okay, and here's my here's my shtick with I tell my directors: there are two subs. There's a pa and a wa. Closed cabinets go pa. Why? Because when I was doing punches and explosions. It physically hits you with a puh, with a percussion. And you go, God 
that's great. Oh, my God, it's physical. And then I go to a dumbest stage, and there are these large theaters that go, wah. So no matter how hard you go, they go, wah, 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 rather than pop, pop, pop. So I've got directors going, what happened to the punches? What happened to the, the, the low hits that hit? And that's a big thing. So when you listen to your sub and you ask him about tightness, do you want a pa or do you want a wa? And the only way to do is to listen. That's that's great. I want advice. a pa, Uncle Scott. I love pa. <laughs> yeah. I want a Wookiee war. That's what I want. <laughs> well, hey, listen, we're gonna start wrapping this up. What a, this is? I love these kind of conversations. And and we're. Uh, what do you think, Andrew? You having a good time? Oh yeah, I'm definitely having a great time. <laughs> like always. <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what counts. That's what counts. Yeah. Hey, uh, before we go, I just want to. I want to spend two minutes on this thing, and then and then I'll shut up because. As I was doing all this research and I went to a lot of message boards, I went to a lot of different, you know, saw a lot of different comments and stuff like that. And I just want to tell you guys, you're all much better than your gear. So don't let your gear define you. And if somebody doesn't prefer your choice of X, Y, or Z, then that's okay. It doesn't, it don't, don't feel threatened. I cannot tell you how many boards I went to and they say, Hey, check this out. And then the next comment right below it is, Oh, that sucks. Or it's, you know, and it just gets just, just the trolls come out. And I'm like, it's just disgusting. It's so disgusting because if you feel like you need to post something negative on a, on a post that's positive, like, Hey, so-and-so is coming out with this and this and this. And the first comment you see is negative. You've got some issues, man. You you like you're better than that. You don't have to define yourself by your gear. You should define yourself by what you use your gear for, or what you do with your gear. But it's just gear. It's like you know, if you fall in love with this speaker, and the second you can afford to get this other speaker, then change. If it's better than that one, you know, it's like you're so much better than that. So I just want to just throw that out there, man. Is like, don't. T- it's just gear. There's so many other things out there. That's tools. why. Yeah, it's just tools, right? I mean, Scott, you said it yourself. You have so many different types of speakers. You're, I do. You're like, you know, you just want to be. Uh, of course, I was going to say, if I spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on speakers, it's definitely going to define me. <laughs> I don't know. If I, sp- <laughs> if I spent that much money, but something else came along. Hey, house like, or speakers? <laughs> I don't know. I can definitely tell I'll never spend that much on speakers, but. Yeah. I would, in a heartbeat, rent a studio that had those speakers to to listen to something that I've did. But because um, then you're leveraging other people's money instead, which yeah. is always a good way to go. What what is the, is the hundred thousand dollars or the blue? What was the ones they put out? Who, is it JBL or Myers? One somebody came out with like a hundred thousand dollars stereo system, and they wanted me to hear it, and I went, "No, I don't want to hear it. I don't because I know I'll love it." And it's a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, or some big number, yeah. you know, moving more. I, I tell you, man, it's it's once you go, once you work on something like that, and you go down that rabbit hole, it's really hard to come yeah. back. It's really hard. But when you start seeing speakers that can emulate and do that same thing, it's it's pretty exciting. So all that to say is, get into Atmos, get a good speaker system, and and just do your thing, man. And and just remember, no matter how much money you put into your studio, into all that gear, the only thing you really hear in your studio. It's your speakers. So just put that. All right. Well, before we go, um, Rob, are you working on anything fun and exciting you can talk about? 
Um, I'm working on some things I can't talk about. I will. One thing I can talk about is you guys turned me on to Da Vinci Resolve, and yes. I have to thank you for it because it is mind-boggling. It's the most. It's get, free. It's yeah. free. well. I even I already really? bought the paid version. You yeah. paid the three hundred dollars. Yeah, I got the paid. The paid version is amazing. And because uh, well, you know what? I was able to get the paid version with the free edit controller. Yes. Uh, you can get that as a bundle now. Bubba what? Bubba who? Well, how about how and about you get that little hardware edit control thing? Yeah, have it upstairs. You must yeah. show this to me yeah. as soon as we stop <laughs> recording here, because then DaVinci Resolve will be abusing my credit card like by midnight. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing too, Rob is you have Fairlight built into Resolve. Yeah, and, yeah. and if everything you, about Resolve, it is a mind-boggling next step. It really is. And Fairlight you, is not, it's not there yet. I mean, it's it's seventeen. Good, it's pretty. It it's pretty great. good. It's pretty good. Yeah, seventeen. But, I wouldn't. I wouldn't replace Pro Tools with it yet. Compared to the audio built into Premiere, though, or Final Cut. Oh, yeah. hell yes. Yeah. Of course. No, oh, without a doubt. 100%. But, without a doubt. But anyway. it's. It, I think Fairlight is going to be amazing in a couple of years, you know, when they have it more is, time to clean up some Agreed, stuff. but it's still pretty impressive. Oh, it's, it's yeah. really yeah. impressive. So I've been working on uh, that and uh, some things I'll be able to talk about soon. But actually, that Atmos thing, that live application is can't something wait. I'm very excited about. I can't wait Super for cool. off-the-air conversation. Okay. <laughs> Scott. Hello. So, oh, yeah, no, I'm actually, it's been great. So I uh, did a, a passion project, um, and it got me through all of COVID, and it kept me totally sane. Um, uh, again, coming out on Netflix. I don't know when this is going to air, but it's coming out this Saturday, which is October 22nd, maybe-ish. Um I'm not sure what, even know what day it, it is. It just ran last night. And it was oh, did real, it run last it was, night? It was, it was, no, no, no. Oh. I'm just saying when this oh, comes yeah, out. Yeah. It just it, it ran last week. Um, no, no, it's it, called Maya and the Three with Jorge Gutierrez. I did Book of Life with... Um, same people? Same people. I love Book of Life. So this is an amazing show. Um, to give you an idea, it's an animated show that is as, that is as busy as, Book of, uh, as Pacific Rim. Oh, that's great. But it's just a different... Uh, uh, a, a different subject. The the creativity we went in, um, having to do it's four and a half hours long, and uh, nine episodes, and the um, the graphics and the animation is different. It's not what you used to, and it's it's just so good. The acting's fantastic. Um, they gave me carte blanche, and this is where my me and my small crew basically kept ourselves busy from December twenty nine. What is it, 2020? Yeah, we started in December 2020, and we finished in August. Wow. wow. That's pretty cool. So we were very happy. That's great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And it either just aired or it's going to air, depending on when I get this thing edited enough. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, how about you, brother? Well, I'm going to be exploring some three-ways with Scott. <laughs> 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 oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've been I've been holding on to that since that conversation. Oh, um, oh we're in junior high right now. Oh, I'm actually down the block from you, I think. Yeah, no. Are you in Flower? Uh, well, D- Disney is, but I haven't been. You know, I've been oh, there twice right. in the last two years. No. I've worked from home, but no, no, no. My my house is five minutes away. Oh. So let's hook up. Um, uh, but I've been doing a couple of neat. Uh, projects i've been building a bunch of synthesizer stuff which has been absolutely wonderful i mean you guys know how much i love analog electronics and it's always great fun for me to sit behind a soldering iron and you know just sit there and 
and explore that stuff and make squeaky squonky sounds out of it. Um, but professionally, I've done a couple of neat things that I actually can talk about. Um, there is a, a celebrated children's author named Rick Riordan, who, you know, is a, you know, sixth grade through 12th grade, you know, Kids absolutely love love Percy Jackson and a bunch of other stuff that he's done. And I was very happy because I just directed the audiobook for the first book in his new franchise, which mm -hmm. is called Daughter of the Deep. Nice. And we ha it, it was a very special book. And as a result, um, I went and uh, worked with my senior composer to write a score for the audiobook. So it's like a you know a 13 hour long audiobook. And so you can't score the whole thing. But we would go through and we would hit the high points and there was all sorts of original music that was uh, that was placed within it just to bring it up another level, you know? Nice. So That's great. I thought that was neat. That's cool. Nice. nice. And you, Mike? A um, couple things. Uh, I'm going to be mixing a film uh, coming up. Uh, it's a horror film. It's a creature feature, which is so much fun. Ooh, yay. And I, I spent some time uh, doing the creature design, which is really good. I actually used... Um, Brett John's um, Why I Otter um, Library, because sea otters are amazing. And the thing is, is you know what's cool when you have a tool like RX, right? And then you have recordings um, that even though they're not clean, because the sea otters were swimming around, you throw your sound into RX and you get rid of all that background noise. Yeah. And now you have just this element of sound that you can use. I, I like, I just, technology just blows me away. I mean, I use these tools every day and I, sometimes I just can't believe, cause I remember how hard it used to be to get rid of ambience. And now you're literally a preset away on RX. It's so good. And it just, I did this other film during COVID and they recorded a, in a motor home next to a freeway. And that was supposed to be a room inside this, like a dungeon room inside this like big scary house, right? But they were doing exteriors and they had to do the scene. So they just thought, okay, we'll bring a motor home and we'll set direct. And f to their credit, the art direction was great. They actually made it look like, not like a motor home. But it was right next to a freeway. Mm. And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to have to loop all this because you could hear the freeway. And so I took it back and I loaded it up into rx and you can't tell and they were blown away it was it's hero maker software i was like the hero i was like i want the dressing room now <laughs> you know okay fine you know because the, it was so good the tools are so good and there's no artifacts you know so i don't know if you guys remember the dinner the days of oh, dinner yes. and all the artifacts yeah it would take out you know your ambience background noise but it would take out most of your dialogue too. But it was great for weird cyber sounds. Oh yeah, because that's what you got. You know, like, <laughs> so, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be working on on doing the creature features. That'll be kind of fun. And it's uh, it's just the way technology is is it's just you got all these tools and you don't have to spend any amount of time. Mike, um, I have a question for you and for Scott actually very briefly because I don't want to go off onto a big tangent. Sure. Um, have either of you been using the radium sampler inside of Sound Miner to do sound design work? Yes. Figured it I much. think that radium, and if Justin, you're listening to it, he's got created it. Uh, it's just a just wonderful guy. He's Santa Claus. Um, radium inside of Sound Miner is probably one of the most important sound design tools. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of like Reaper, 
but it's doing things that you can take a sound out of a library, highlight it, manipulate it, play it back into the library, and it's becoming, especially even for games, crazy powerful. Yeah. You can put plugins in, and it's becoming a sampler not made for musicians. But for sound design. For sound design. Yeah. I don't care about how I'm mapping in six velocity layers. You're not building presets. You're taking a sound and manipulating it something new and then recording it straight into SoundMiner before you... You don't even need Pro Tools on that. Wow. And it's, it's crazy. So, and I, it's I, I do not know anything about it. Oh, it's like we, a Synclavier now. We it's, should talk about it on another show we will. because we'll it's talk a about big, it. big deal. Because I'm going to... Eight partials, like a Synclavier was four. Because I use this Contact. Yeah. I use Contact. And, it's a different and, beast. And then, and actually, to be honest, if I do any manipulations, I just work straight into Pro Tools itself and I just manipulate it. The you speed know. to be able to go in... Take a sound, put it no, in. No, I bet. I, I can you imagine. Know, so that, I, cool. that sounds... Anything that mangles audio like that, I'm, I'm in. I, anything where you can mangle, because that's just the way it is. So, yeah, so that, I'm going to be working on that, and then I have a couple other projects that I can't talk about that led me down this whole speaker thing, but I will talk about that uh, probably on the next podcast, which we'll have in, like, two weeks or so. But... Um, yeah, guys, what a great show, man. It's good to see everybody, and everybody, you know, made it through, and... Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry it's been four months, but we had that little Delta outbreak out here, and so we stayed away. And then I got super busy, and you know. But now it's life. It's good. Life gets life, in the way. Sometimes. Life gets in the way. Hey, by the way, Andrew, um, what, yeah. what did you think of the uh, of the podcast? Oh man, I enjoyed it. It's it's so good. What are you going to be doing? What are you up to? <laughs> well, I've been uh, been busy with sports. Yeah, he's been he plays sports. What's your favorite sport? I like basketball. Basketball. Nice. nice. Yeah, I'm too short for basketball. <laughs> and Andrew, Andrew, he um, rides a lot of public transportation. Oh, yeah. By the way, on the way up here, I said, Andrew, if we were going to take public transportation from Irvine to um, Sherman Oaks, um, what? how would we get there? And, and what did you tell me? Well, I, I told my dad, I said, well, we're going to have to take Metrolink to... Uh, Union Station, hop on the the subway, which it's the red line, which they call it the B line, and get off at Universal Universal City, and then we'll catch the bus route 240, and which, which that takes you all the way down to to uh, Northridge. Okay, he can help all of us. Yeah, yes. seriously. Yeah. So what, once you're in Northridge, then where do you go from there to be able to get to Sherman Oaks? Well, it, the, <laughs> no, it you ends get up North, before. You get up before. That's where yeah, it ends. Before. Oh, okay. Andrew has this weird thing. He likes public transportation. He pretty much can take a bus, go anywhere from anywhere in Southern California. So cool. That's oh, an yeah. awesome skill. Yeah, yeah that really is. That is a superpower, my friend. Yeah, I mean, thank even you. More okay. so. so I went on the train. Yeah. Thinking I was going one place. Mm-hmm. And ended up in Long Beach. Ooh. And I wasn't going to Long Beach. <laughs> I thought I was gone. going to the valley. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I went, oh, I'm going that way. And I'm looking at it. And they stop and they said, okay, everybody off. And I'm like, I didn't know Universal was an end spot. This is really weird. And I go out and go, where am I? You're in Long Beach. I'm like, how did I get to Long Beach? <laughs> where were you coming from? I was going from the convention center. Oh. To where I thought it was going to Universal. Oh. And then the train didn't work, so I had to take a different train. Oh, wow. And I thought I was going a different way. What, li what line did he get on? You were getting on the blue line, which they call it the A line. 
Yeah. And that took him where? To Long Beach. Yep, to Long Beach. I could have seen the Queen Mary, I guess, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice aquarium yeah, down there, you know. you know. Sure. That's where we go to Long Beach Grand Prix. Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah, which we just went to. So. Oh, that must have been fun. Anyway, yeah. So uh, last thing, um, I've been working on a, on a documentary. shot it for the past 15 years. Um, it was centered on my son, Andrew, and I'm currently finishing editing that. And it's basically about um, raising a special needs child. And uh, we basically, it's, it's how sports has helped our community we have this community we've been together for years um so it'll that'll be coming out it's it's pretty uh, eye-opening and um as soon as the trailer hits uh, i'll post it for everybody but it's definitely a passion project that's going to be super important for just people in general because if you so just beautiful. found out your kid has special needs i know when i found that out i was like oh, where do i go what do i do i couldn't picture all the necessary steps i couldn't when he was a toddler i couldn't picture him in kindergarten when he's in kindergarten i couldn't picture him in sixth grade in yeah. sixth grade i couldn't picture him as high school when he was in high school i couldn't picture him you know graduated and now he's you know he's 23 and and yep. it's like you see the journey of all these kids so it really helps it's going to help parents out there going you know what it's 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 going to be okay it's going to be okay. You're going to make it through all these things. So hey, it's Mike, so beautiful, Mike. I, I found this channel that I didn't know existed, so I might be just naive. Have you heard of Curiosity Stream? Oh, I've, yeah. I've heard, yeah. I, okay, I, 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 I got into that. this big physics thing. I won't get into that. But anyway, um, and astronomy, I found this channel called the Curiosity Channel, and they're sponsoring a lot of people who make exactly what you've been making from the studios to what sounds like you're doing now. And they have some amazing shows on. Yeah, I got trapped watching six hours of how electricity works, and it was cool. completely mesmerizing. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's my mind. You know stream. what? I love that stuff, and I'll have to check that out. because yeah. I got it through, I think it got it connected to my Amazon, but I think you can get it. Yeah, you can get it. You can get you it know, the cool, it's amazing. The cool thing with all this stuff is now that COVID is kind of hopefully in our rearview mirror and nothing crazy happens, I can't wait to get back out there and I'm actually going to be getting back out there. And it's yeah. so much so that, um, it's, it's just exciting. <laughs> Have you been to a theater so yet? so hard. Yeah. Oh, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, oh, no. we went and saw the James Bond movie the first night I that it came out. I can't go into a theater in yet. Oh, I yeah. saw that one. Did you yeah. like it? Oh yeah. You did. Mm -hmm. Um, my favorite was Dune. I don't know. Actually, oh, you saw Dune too. I I got into a special screening the on the Brothers Warner one? Brothers lot with De Denis Villeneuve awesome. there. You know what? Yeah, it was awesome. It's uh, it's gonna be on HBO Max. It's like tomorrow. Such I think. a good movie. The twenty first. Oh my god. It yes, such the twenty first. It's on HBO. Really? It's gonna be on HBO Max. So. Oh damn. Um, yeah, damn. I can't wait to see that because I'm I kind of geeked out. The first one was okay, but it was like you know what I saw for the very first time, and then and then I promise we're gonna say goodbye. I had never seen this, and it's a it's a pinnacle of of science fiction. Stargate. Oh, Stargate's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I have it, Stargate on laser disc. It, <laughs> I it's I I was so happy. It's a good movie. It's super <laughs> I, fun. I was so it showed up on Netflix, and now I'm like, you know what? I never saw Stargate, and I think I was turned off when the series came on, and I just wasn't into the. Oh, it's not Stargate. The same thing. It's not and then that. I said, yeah, exactly. So I go, you know what? I want to watch Stargate, and I watched it. I'm like, I felt like an idiot for not watching it, but it was, and there was nothing like it at the time. Yeah, the, the whole suits that build themselves. Yeah. and it th was that's new, and yeah. it was so good, and it that's Roland Emmerich, isn't it? it? Yeah, it yeah. aged really well. I was totally entertained and it and it was like right when you think you've seen everything on this planet and something like that comes across you're like 
Oh, all right. This is really cool. Well, if you want to borrow the laser disc, you let me know. <laughs> I don't mean DVD. What's I know. A, what's I know the laser, laser disc? disc. The twelve-inch disc. The, the, the twelve-inch laser shiny disc. Ones. The big shiny ones. Oh, frisbees. <laughs> yeah. Good luck finding a player. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hey, listen. This is so much fun, and we're going to do this again. I promise. It's not going to be four months to the next podcast. Um, but uh, if you have any comments or questions, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. By the way, I fixed the email, so I will be getting the emails, um, which I hadn't been doing for a long time, and I had this backup of all these emails. Um, but, um, yes, yeah, so you can reach us there. And uh, so for myself and all the guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you very See much. Ya. Time for some new speakers, Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and features a panel with Rob Arbutier, Bobby Osinski, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Birdside, Martin Page, Bobby Summerfield, and maybe a guest or two. We'll see you next time.